Did that just happen? During that three hour where we were dealing with the floods, dispatch received about 600 phone calls. 600? Did they really say that? This is an orchestrated war on hydroxychloroquine. News Radio 94.9, 890-KDXU has the newsmakers. No, it's it's not something that should just be named because some consultant or someone, sort of a temporary custodians of the university, decide they want to make it more attractive. News Radio 94.9, 890-KDXU. Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Well, hello there, and how are you this morning? It's uh, nine minutes after nine o'clock on Mayor Thursday. We'll get our mayor in here in just a second. Uh, did want a couple of cool things happening, and I wanted to make sure we talk about them. Uh, the, uh, the a lot of the students uh, got flooded in one of the one of the dorms at Dixie State, uh, and uh, they're, they're finding places for them to live. But uh, they a lot of them had their personal effects ruined, just, just stuff like the clothes and bedding and uh, you know uh, personal items, shampoo, soap, deodorant, whatever, uh, food even. If you can help out with these kids who uh, came to go to college and got flooded out here in the desert. Uh, drop by any of those things uh, that you might have. Maybe if you stop by the store, grab an extra bottle of shampoo or a, a T-shirt or something. Drop them by True Hilton on Sunland Drive. That's True by Hilton on Sunland Drive. They're kind of coordinating this whole uh, kind of relief effort for these students who were flooded out in our big floods uh, on Sunday night. And uh, I think it's a great cause, and uh, I can get behind it, and maybe we can figure out some way to do a radio broadcast from there as well. So... Uh, anyway, yeah, a cool deal. The other thing I thought was really cool was, of course, they had the big hurricane hit down there in uh, the southern part, of, out, down on the Gulf Coast. Louisiana took the brunt of it. Uh, but uh, already a uh, couple of states, including Utah, are sending contingents of volunteers down there to help, the doctors and uh, people to help build and fill sandbags and do whatever they can to help uh, with those with the recovery from the storms. And Utah is the leader. Utah was the first state to announce it was a, it had a whole bunch of people going down to help out. I think that's really cool. I love the volunteer spirit, spirit of the people here uh, in Utah. Uh, it is Mayor Thursday. Mayor Rick Rosenberg from Santa Clara City is with me today. Mayor, how are you today? I'm good, Andy. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure to have. It seems like it's been a few weeks, maybe maybe two months or something since you've been on the show. <laughs> Everything going yeah. okay over there in Santa Clara? Things are going well in Santa Clara. We survived the the storm Sunday night early without too much damage and just some down trees. We did lose one of the large sycamore trees on Santa Clara Drive, which is mm. always sad, but created a little traffic um, hurdle for a little while. But the city crews got out Sunday night and got it all cleaned up and kept the road open. And so we appreciate them. And, and yeah, we're just looking to see if we can help St. George with anything, if they've got any needs. Um, they kind of... We're in the bullseye this year. It seems yeah. like the last few years, each community's taken a turn. That's right. So, I I, I, am, I was curious as to how much rain and, and wind you did get out in Santa Clara. I live in Middleton area, and uh, we didn't get a ton of wind, but, boy, we got dumped on rain-wise. And, of course, St. George City right downtown really got clobbered over by, the, by, the, by Dixie State. Uh, they got clobbered pretty good. 
Uh, and, and But I had heard, well, not I had heard, the official numbers from the airport were stunning to me. They got three hundredths of an inch out at the airport, which I mean, it's a ways out there, I understand. But to think how much rain we got, like two inches in an hour here in St. George, and then to hear the airport got a trace of rain. Did you get much in Santa Clara? You know, we got some rain out there. Um, I haven't heard a formal report, but I know that it was kind of similar to, to what you just said. The the Sunbrook area and the Devario area, Green Valley, didn't get hardly any rain. Yeah. As a, as a storm crossed the river and hit Santa Clara, it rained uh, pretty good at my house. I'm going to maybe guess a half to three-quarter of an inch. Mm-hmm. But we had some, some wind gusts that hit that really broke a lot of limbs, um, tipped over a few trees through the area. Uh, we did get some rain that spread up in the Ivins area, Snow Canyon area. The Santala Wash ran um, a pretty good stream and closed Sunset Boulevard for a little while. Um, Tucon Wash ran, but all the, the facilities in place handled it fine, and we didn't see a lot of flooding. There was a lot of storm drain inlets that were plugged, um, with the leaves and the, the Mondale pine needles that come off this time of year, plugged a lot of inlets, and so you get some local flooding um, associated with that. But I haven't heard of any damage in Santa Clara uh, flood-wise. Rick, you and I are about the same age, and it's uh, every time something happens in this year 2020, I think that there can't be any more. There can't. I mean, you know, you got the hurricane now down on the Gulf Coast. Of course, the pandemic. You've got the you know, the the rioting and things. And here locally, we had the flooding, and it just seems like, I mean, I've never seen a year like this where it's one thing after another after another. Have you? Uh, no. I mean, we've had some some more serious flood events, you yeah. know, in the past. But sure. uh, with everything else that's going on, um, this is kind of a unique year, and you just kind of hold your breath. It's only August. We've got, we've got four more months of 2020 <laughs> to deal with, so what's coming at us? Oh, bite your tongue, man. I mean, maybe we'll get a 50 inches of snow in St. George just to cap things off at the end of the year. Who knows? There you go. There you go. It could happen. Yeah. Now, now I'm confused about Swiss Days. I had someone tell me, and this was just someone word of mouth, oh, I heard Swiss Days is canceled. Now, can you confirm it? Is it canceled? Or if it's not canceled, what, what changes are there going to be? The the celebration, as as we've known it, is is pretty much off. Um, okay. There won't be the mass gathering at town hall. There won't be the vendors. There won't be the the parade, the breakfast, five k run. Um, we're going to go ahead and and put the cows out and and decorate Santa Clara Drive and recognize the businesses that support the event through the month of September. And there will be a, a fireworks display on. Um, the last Saturday in September. It happens to coincide with Snow Canyon High School's homecoming game. Ah. And Swiss, Swiss Days has done fireworks um, before in the past. We haven't done it for the last few years, but they're going to plan a fireworks celebration to happen at the end of the football game. And assuming the football game's still going and, you know, everything is still, you know, a month away. But we really didn't feel comfortable in holding the Swiss Day celebration downtown with the, the mass crowd that we get there um, during the pandemic, especially where we recognize the, uh, you know, Swiss Days is about the community heritage. It's about the pioneer families. We recognize a lot of the older residents, the ones that are susceptible. Um, we really didn't want to bring them out uh, during, you know, the pandemic, and so the Swiss Days Committee, uh, coordinating with the city, decided to, 
you know, let's let's put it off for now, um, let this thing play out. But we still want to go ahead and recognize people and give them the opportunity to get their cows out. So if you're you're looking for, you know, one of the Swiss Days cows, you can contact um, the city office and they can make arrangements to get you one. You can get it painted, decorated up, and put it on Santa Clara Drive. Hopefully there'll be, still be plenty of Swiss cheese to go around too, right, Mayor? Oh, always is, right? <laughs> We're talking with Rick, Rick Rosenberg, the mayor of uh, Santa Clara City. Um, you know, in, in southern Utah, especially in St. George area and Santa Clara, we've had these big events that have been canceled. And, you know, they're kind of one by one. I talked with Kyle Case a little bit yesterday about the senior games, the Huntsman World Senior Games uh, going down. They were the first to announce. And then... Last week we had uh, in uh, consecutive days Ironman and then St. George Marathon canceled and you know, we we all talk about the economic impact. Some people are happy to be quite honest. There are some people who are like, hey, yeah, we don't have to deal with the crowds and stuff this year. But I think generally speaking, most of the community is like, oh, this this hurts us. Is losing those events and and including Swiss Days now uh, economically is that going to hurt your community, Mayor? Uh I don't, you know, it has to hurt the community. Um, Santa Clara doesn't have the the large, um, you know, commercial complex um, uh-huh. of of restaurants and hotels and um, things that that's where you're really going to see the pain is the occupancy in the hotels and the the people not being able or not going out to eat. We don't have a lot of that, and so we're a little bit buffered when an event is canceled. It doesn't hasn't impacted us um, a lot economically, but you know, rap tax, the recreation and uh, the arts tax that's going to be impacted significantly. Uh, we use those monies and for expansion of our our city parks and expansion of cultural events and art yeah. shows and Shakespeare in the Park and those types of things. That money's not going to be, you know, there this year, and so. It, it's going to impact us, and plus, whatever impacts the county impacts all the cities. Um, we may be a little bit buffered, but it's going to hit us. Our our people um, work in St. George; they have businesses in St. George. Mm-hmm. If St. George gets hit hard economically, Santa Clara gets hit hard via the citizens. And so, and you, you, um, you do have some short-term rentals in Santa Clara as well, though, right? We do. We do the short-term rentals, but those seem to have been buffered. I think we've got a lot of people that travel in from out of state um, that are that are getting out of a state that may be closed down, and and they're coming and using the the vacation rentals. Those don't seem to have been impacted hmm. um, over the last few months, and their their occupancy is staying you know fairly high, and so uh, they're fairly busy when I get out there. They don't seem to be impacted. But I think that's you know people still. People still want to come to southern Utah. They want to travel to southern Utah. They want to go to the park. Um, from what I've heard, going to the park right now, the next you know week or so is going to be a great time because crowds are down. And um, so people are still coming here. The, uh, you're a business owner. You're a businessman here in St. George. And, and uh, you know, the thing I think about is, like, we've never experienced what we are going through now. And, and I'm talking, of course, about the pandemic, but I'm also talking about the financial effect of the pandemic. So many businesses were closed for a time. Now we've got all these big events closed for a time. I, I, I guess one of the things I think about, Rick, is, is the ripple effect. And is there any way for us to figure out long term, like a year from now or five years from now, 
what kind of dent 2020 and, and everything that's happened in 2020 is going to do to all of us and to all, financially and otherwise? You know, it, it probably varies by industry. I know mm-hmm. my business, um, we didn't close down uh, during the, you know, at all. In fact, our, our business has actually increased wow. through this um, because we're tied to the the construction industry close and to the growth. And we're seeing a lot of influx of, of people that still want to move to St. George. The housing market is still very hot. And so we've actually grown through the pandemic um, in response to the market demand. Wow. And I, and I think there's a number of businesses in town that are tied to the construction industry or land development or those types of things that are probably experiencing that. But on the other side, the service industry, the entertainment industry, um, mm. those guys are getting hit hard. And um, the, the impacts of that, you know, time will tell. Um, if those are a lot of small businesses, um, they're, they're people that can't carry it for very long. And so there's been some good efforts, I think, by the, the Chamber of Commerce and by the Tourism Bureau to try and help out the county. Um, the cities, the state, there's there's programs out there that, to help those types of businesses, and they're being very proactive in trying to, you know, keep them open and keep them open safe um, so that the, you can reduce that impact. But we probably won't know the true economic impact for, you know, for a while yet. Yeah, there's so many businesses that run such a thin margin. They've got to have a successful month every month if they're if they're going to make it, and you know, for them to, to lose out some business, lose out a lot of business, or, heaven forbid, be closed down for a time. Uh, we've been pretty fortunate here in southern Utah and, and in Utah in general because we haven't had much in the way of uh, shutdowns. But you look at some of the other states around the country, and, uh, oh, my goodness, I mean, California is still pretty much restaurant. I mean, everything is, is closed down. Uh, New York City is like a ghost town. It's like a, a scene of the movie I Am Legend, you know, the, nobody on the streets because everybody's afraid to go anywhere. So... I, yeah, I, I just I feel like Rick that there's going to be some some ripple effect down the road. We we just I guess just don't know how bad it's going to be, huh? Yeah, that's true. I mean, unemployment is dropping locally. Yeah, it's dropping statewide. So you know the trends are are looking good for you know for Southern Utah and Utah as a whole. But like I say, there's specific industries that are that have been hit hard, and they're going to take you know many years to recover, um, probably from this. And you're tied to the construction industry, and you know Jeremy Larkin comes on every week and talks about how real estate is booming. How the uh, he calls it inventory. The number of houses for sale is way down. Uh, usually, uh, there's typically three to six months of what he calls inventory, and right now there's about a month's worth of inventory on the real estate market. And uh, I, I don't know. I guess I would ask your opinion, Rick. Is it uh, people trying to get out of those places that are so restrictive uh, that that are you know, moving here? Is it people just tired of the rat race? Is it people that are afraid that are moving here? What do you think this influx is coming from? I think it's probably a combination of all of that. Um, they, there's a lot of people talking to the school district that, you know, they want to, they want to move up here because they want their kids to be able to go to school and be able to play sports. Um, yeah. People want to, um, you know, to, I call it have a life to be able to go outside and do some of the things that they enjoy. They're seeing, um, you know, what's happening in Utah with our our reported cases dropping, hospitalization dropping, schools are open, 
um, things are are starting to return closer to normal, and uh, and I think they want it. It's this has always been a very desirable place to move to from other areas because of you know our views and the weather and and our people and the spirit that's here. And this is just adding to that. And so I think you're seeing a, a lot of interest, at least from talking to the developers and the, the real estate people that we work closely with, a lot of interest in purchasing property here. I think you've got some investment going on here, but the, um, you know, picking up rentals and, and doing some investment opportunities that way that's also causing, causing the, the construction industry to boom. I know some of the things in California are very restrictive and frustrating, but I got to tell you, if, if I'm in San Diego in uh, in July and it's 78 degrees and you know at two o'clock in the afternoon and there's a, a breeze blowing off the ocean, and then I come to St. George and look at you know at, at buying a house and it's 111 and there's no breeze and then what breeze is you get is like a hair dryer on you. Uh, I, those rules would have to be pretty extreme to make me want to go. Not that I don't love St. George, I certainly do. I I've made this my home for 27 almost 27 years now, but. Uh, I think it would be hard to go from a tropical environment to the uh, heat of St. George, unless you come here, say in you know in in November when it's you know it's still sixty five degrees. Sure, but if you're if you're sitting in California, no matter how pleasant it is, and you can't go to work and your kids mm. can't go to school, then that changes your whole outlook on it. Yeah, very very well put. Very very well said. People want to live. Yeah. Can't blame them. And of course, we have all the other stuff too. We have Zion National Park and all the trails and parks, and I mean, it's just it's just an incredible, incredible place to be. And that's why you and I decided to stay here once we got here, huh? That's true. Very true. Uh, we're talking with Rick Rosenberg. He's the mayor of Santa Clara City. Uh, you've had, I guess, uh, probably been doing it for five months or six months now. You've had to do some specific things at Santa Clara City to make people feel safe. Do you want to? kind of outline some of those things that you guys have had to do just just to make people feel comfortable and know that their city's doing the things that they can you know we've incorporated some some changes in our policies uh, we really want need to keep our employees safe that was one of the first things we addressed when the pandemic hit was santa clara has a small city staff we rely on that small staff to do a lot of things to provide the public services for the community if a member of that staff were to to get sick and and um, we had to quarantine on the entire staff it would pretty much shut the city down so mm. we did some things with shift schedules trying to you know we broke the staff into teams trying to keep them um, isolated from each other a little bit um, at town hall we shut town hall down for a while um, to protect the staff uh, we've opened it back up we've installed the the safety screens between the the counters so that the girls behind the counters feel safe. We practice social distancing and masks inside the building. Um, We encourage the use of masks and council meetings went to a Zoom format um, Hmm. right after the pandemic hit. Uh, We've since opened the council meetings and planning commission meetings back up to attendance by the public, but we've eliminated a lot of the seating and their social distance. Now they're six feet apart when they're out in the audience. And um, we sanitize everything multiple times during the day, trying to keep things clean. And so those protocols, I think a lot of the cities have gone to those protocols from what I hear. And they, so far they seem to be working or trying to you know, make it comfortable for people to come down to town hall and to participate in, in local government. 
um, as you know, try and make it as safe as we can make it and still have it be effective. Our um, our council meetings and planning commission meetings now are also uh, streamed on on YouTube, and so oh, you cool. can sit home and watch some of that stuff that we didn't have before. So that's been good. Um, we we shut down a lot of the events in the beginning. We've since opened them up if they can provide us with safety protocols on um, you know how the event's going to be run. For example, we had a you know a girls softball event out right. here, and there was city or community wide. St. George hosts some, and and we had some at ours. And there were protocols in place if any any player tested positive. Basically, that whole um, um, program that age group that bracket would be shut down and we had a, a gal from california that she tested positive in in the beginning they shut the tournament down she ended up to be a false positive and so oh. but they followed the protocol that was the the key was that they followed their plan there was a plan in place and they followed the plan and so that kind of applies to all of the events um Last weekend, we had an opening of the new BMX track um, in Santa Clara, and they had a safety plan in place um, on how they were going to deal with that. Um, they, they were encouraging the social distancing, trying to keep families separated, and the mask wearing, it's, it gets kind of hard, especially when you're, you're talking to a lot of kids. But, but they did pretty good out there. Um, if you haven't seen the new Santa Clara BMX track, it's up at the Canyon View Park. It's a beautiful facility. Um, we just opened it um, for BMX racing. They had a race event there Saturday that was very well attended. Let's let's and do this, Mayor. Let, let me take a time out and get a weather break in, and we'll okay. talk more about that track because I'm curious as to how hard it is and how, uh, you know, if anybody over the age of 50 has ever tried it and stuff like that. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to see if you got out there on the track, Mayor. But uh, we'll, we'll take a quick time out. We'll come back. Mayor, more with Mayor Rick Rosenberg from Santa Clara uh, City, including uh, your phone call, 673-5890. Nine thirty-five. Welcome back, and thanks for being here today. This is the Andy Griffin Show. It's Mayor Thursday. Today we have Mayor Rick Rosenberg from Santa Clara City. Rick, you doing all right, man? I'm doing good. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for coming on today. Always good to talk to you. We're, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit in, in a few minutes about your avocation, your side job. Uh, you actually have a, a actually two side because Mayor is kind of a side job too because you have a full time a, a full time job as well. But uh, we'll talk about your other other job. Here in a minute, but let's get back to that BMX track. Now, tell me again where it's located, Mayor. Uh, the BMX track is is at the Canyon View Park on Canyon View Drive in Santa Clara. Okay, it's on the uh, west side of the of the Spence Gun Field, kind of in between the park and Snow Canyon High School football field. Oh, okay. It was a um, Vacant piece of property that kind of sat in between the the Little League field and Spence Gun Field and the power substation up there, and we were approached by uh, a local group, uh, Brooke and Mike Seeley, um, Santa Clara residents who were who were very involved in in local BMX uh, racing and um, about building a track over here, and they had a, a group put together with a lot of local. Um, you know, contractors and businesses that donated, um, you know, things that, you know, contractor donated a construction trailer and fencing and paving and, and just about everything that goes into building a, 
BMX track, and the, the city participated with some help from our city crews, um, provided a site for it, um, went to Washington County Tourism and received a grant. Um, Kevin Lewis and his team were very helpful over there in, in helping us fund the project, and it's been under construction for for the last year, and we opened it last Friday. They had their grand opening and dedication, and and the first uh, formal races were happened and gave away trophies. And and if you haven't seen BMX, it's a kick. It, it went all the way from from three-year-olds on Strider bikes um, all the way up to adults. And uh, your question, did I get on the track? I got on the track, but I didn't get on the bike. Oh. So, um, <laughs> That's too bad. Watching uh, a couple of the crashes that I that I saw that night, I don't know that you'll get me on the bike. I've <laughs> I've, I've reached that point where I've checked that box. Yeah, no, I don't I don't I don't blame you there. Uh, by the way, for folks that don't really understand, uh, you have uh, of course street biking like you have the Ironman. Those guys wear the uh, ride the really skinny tired uh, uh, bicycles. You have mountain biking, which is uh, generally on trails and off road, and then BMX is. I wouldn't say a combination of the two. It's more. It's closer to mountain biking than it is uh, street racing. But it's usually set up on courses, and you have a, you have a course set up right there in Santa Clara. Uh, I guess it's got the the whoopty doos and the hippity hops and the hills and jumps and uh, and I can see why you wouldn't want to get out on that because at our age, Rick, uh, bones break when we do silly things like that. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> I don't need any more road rash. Yeah. Um, in this life, but yeah, the the track is is. Very professionally done. Um, BMX USA came out and helped um, with the track design and with the track construction. It's a very professional track, um, and uh, it's a fun course. I think uh, I think the kids that that rode the course and the adults that rode the course, um, I think they enjoyed the course. I got a lot of positive feedback on it, and um, so we're excited. We're excited to have it out there. They uh, they do have you know practice events if you want to if you've got kids or if you want to learn how to ride bmx that they they will be open um certain nights of the week for practice out there it's lighted so the events can take place in the evening after it's cooled down a little bit it's on the back side of the ridge which was kind of neat last weekend when it was so hot but it shaded as it got into the evening and oh good and um it was actually fairly pleasant out there more pleasant than i was expecting but it's a beautiful facility. It's a nice addition to the city. We're excited to have it. Um, and the way it all came together with, uh, you know, the community really got together to build it. And uh, it, it's exciting. It's exciting for the city to offer that now. And it's important to note the distinction between BMX and motocross. There are no motorcycles allowed on this course. These are all uh, no. human-powered bikes. Yep. These are all pedal bikes or, or strider bikes for the little guys. I've got a, a grandson that is a... Uh, He's a trick rider on his Strider bike, and so we're going to get him a helmet and get him up to BMX and see if he can handle the track. Now, how old is this kid? Uh, he is three. Yeah. Wow. All right. What a stud. It actually blows my mind sometimes that a three-year-old will do something that a 55-year-old or 54-year-old won't do, uh, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> of course, they have a their, lot. Their center of gravity is closer to the ground. They yeah. don't fall quite as hard. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they, they don't fall as hard as far, and uh, when they hit, uh, they, they tend to bounce, and we tend to go clunk, you know, and, and, and it's game right. over. So, uh, I, I want to talk a minute about uh, your, uh, your uh, writing career as a writer for – is it Sportsman's Warehouse? I forget the name of the little magazine. That... 
Uh, yeah, we were writing for Sportsman's News Magazine. Sportsman's um, News, they've kind of yeah. gone through some changes yeah. this year over there. Uh, the magazine's not being published as often, and so they don't need as much copy. And so I haven't had any any trips this year, um, hmm. specifically on the writing format. And so, uh, well, are the changes I've still been be- getting my fishing in? But are the, um, are the changes because of COVID, or are they just because they wanted to change things? I think they it was an internal thing. They, they kind of made the decision to to go a little different direction um, with more video and online presence and less of the you know phasing out of the paper um, copy yeah. magazine format. And so you kind of see that nationwide the the newspapers getting smaller and smaller and mm-hmm. smaller. And so mm-hmm. they're doing more online and more video format. Now, Rick, for those we'll be able to get a story here, here and there, but uh, haven't had much this year. For those that don't know, Rick's a, a writer, a, an outdoors, I guess, writer is, is what they would call it. And uh, for for quite how many years was it you wrote for Sportsman's? Oh, I've probably written for him for for ten, fifteen years altogether. Yeah, and you went. What are, what are some of the exotic places you went to, Rick? Uh, all over Alaska, um, a lot of uh, fishing lodges in Alaska. In Canada, um, throughout Canada, uh, I've been down on the Gulf Coast. I've been on the East Coast. Um, a lot of, you know, the Midwest states, Nebraska, toured all over Nebraska, Missouri, Tennessee, um, Wisconsin. Um, been all over the place. It's been a, a neat experience for me. I've uh, fished some tremendous waters with some, you know, some wonderful people. And uh, it was a great opportunity, and it was a sad day when I found out they were changing. But, you know, you you make the adjustments, and I'm going to keep fishing, and, and I'll probably keep <laughs> some of the photojournalism stuff going and maybe do a story or two here or there. We'll just kind of see what, what the future holds for me. Yeah, I, you know, I've been a freelance writer my, most of my career, and it, it's, it's, it's a feast or famine type business. I, there are times I'll sell two or three articles in a month and make some good money, and then the next month I can't get anybody to... Take, you know, take anything I'm, I'm writing. And uh, that's kind of why I got back into actually full-time radio is because uh, the regular paycheck is kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, you kind of need that. <laughs> um, wife, wife's payment. not happy if you're not bringing <laughs> that stuff home. That's right. That's right. Although, see, I, I, and I think we, I talked about this before. We found a way to do something that our wives probably don't particularly enjoy, but the fact that we make money doing it. For me, it's sports writing. For you, it's outdoors writing. Uh, if we can make money doing it, then they'll let us keep doing it, right? Yeah, or, you know, or if we, you know, my wife has this deal, so whatever I do, she gets to do. So for every trip I take, she thinks she needs a trip, and so. Oh, but I don't imagine. As long as I fund the ladies' trips, and she's she's good (laughs) with me taking the fishing trips, and so it's a pretty good arrangement. I was going to say, she's probably not out fishing anywhere, though. She's probably sitting on a beach. That's kind of a funny story. She, uh. Ladies' trips used to go to the beach all the time, and then they went to Penguish Lake and stayed at a cabin and went fishing and caught fish, and now they she thinks she needs her own boat. Wait, wait, wait. Your uh, wife took up fishing? Is that what I heard? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, <laughs> well, she Terry's always fished. Oh, okay. She's always been a, kind of an outdoor gal, but now once the ladies got together, so now I'm shopping for pontoon boats <laughs> so that uh, the ladies can go to Penguish Lake, and I, I haven't received any invitation to go with them yet. So. No, no, they don't want you there. They're gonna, yeah, it's true. They're going to talk about you while you're while up there, so that you can't have you there while they're talking about you. That is very true. 
It's 944 on KDX. You've got to get another break in, Rick. If you'll stick with us a little bit longer, love to have you. We'll take some phone calls. I actually have had a couple of phone calls come through, but I haven't, uh, I, you and I've been having such a good time. I haven't even picked them up yet. But if you want to talk with the mayor at 673-5890, we'll get to your calls here in uh, in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by Joe Shoney. He is a loan consultant, and the, the best thing about Joe is his customer service skills. Uh, in fact, if you go online and read the reviews on him, very, very, very positive reviews, you know, five stars. If you can get a four out of five, uh, you're good. I'll even buy products that are three, three and a half stars. But uh, Joe's going at 4.92 stars out of five. That's amazing, those numbers, 4.92 out of five stars, 417 reviews online, uh, including, uh, let's see, this one from Casey said, Joe's team worked hard to get us a great rate on our loan. Everything was straightforward and completed on time with an exclamation point and five stars. Uh, here's another one. This is from Christopher. Said it was great working with Joe and the rest of the team. Five star. I mean, they just go on and on and on like that. Five star reviews for Joe Shoney and his company. Uh, give him a call today, 435-590-6300, or you can email him, joe.shoney, S-C-H-O-N-E-Y, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. Welcome back to the program, 947 on KDXU. We've got Mayor John, uh, Rick Rosenberg. I don't know why I almost called you John, Rick, but uh, appreciate you coming on today. I don't, I never, I, I know a John Rosander. Maybe that, maybe that's where I got it from. But anyway, Rick, thanks for being on this show today. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about this in the past, and I know you've been coming on uh, off and on on the program here for over a year, and I really appreciate that. Uh, but one of the things that kind of keeps coming up is uh, the value of homes and I was looking at a study online. It's a couple of years old, but the median household price of a house in Santa Clara is about three hundred fifty thousand dollars. And you know, people call and say, "How can you know? How can anybody afford to buy a house in Santa Clara or St. George or Washington or wherever when those prices are so high?" Is that something, Mayor, that you're you're concerned about? Is it something that you need to do something about, or do you just let the market do its thing? Well, the you know the market's going to do its thing regardless of probably what we do. Um, but I think over the last three or so years, the city has um, has changed some of the um, projects that we are approving. We have approved more townhome, higher density style projects. Uh-huh. Um, the and they've been very successful out there, and the sales price has been under 300 on on a lot of those in the oh, wow. in the 200s. And so the city has an affordable housing plan in place. Um, we uh, we provide the opportunity for almost every single family resident in town to do an auxiliary dwelling unit where you can have a an apartment rental within your your property. Oh, like a, a little casita type thing or something. Yeah, casita type thing based on apartment or an apartment above the garage. Um, you know, for some place where a newlywed couple or a college student or or a single could, you know, rent that and have a place without having to, you know, purchase a a large home. That's available citywide. Um, in addition, we've approved the probably three um, townhome projects that are. You know, 80 or 90 units. Some are a little bit larger than that. Um, one of them was built, and it filled up within a year. I mean, the whole thing—it was amazing how fast it filled up. It kind of gave us an indication of the demand out yeah. in that area. There's another one that is um, 
just getting ready to start construction now. It's up by the the Lava Ridge Elementary School north of Harmons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a townhome project, a density of about 12 units to the acre, which is as high as you can get in Santa Clara per our ordinances. And uh, that should provide some additional, some supplemental housing for for people who can't afford that, you know, that 350000 or plus home. Um, so that there are some things available in Santa Clara now, and some efforts have been made to find more affordable. It's it's hard. Um, the price of land, uh, the impact fees, the all of everything that goes in, just the housing costs, the lumber price increases lately have just been been crazy, and so mm. it's, it's hard to 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 achieve. But we do have some some policies and some plans in place that would allow it. Um, and we are seeing, you know, more of them come onto the market. So, so that's been a good thing. Do you? Um, well, you know, the the obviously the the house. Uh, you know, the, I mean, a young couple. I can't even imagine a young couple trying to look for a house and knowing that the cheapest that you can get, unless you, you know, maybe a trailer house or something, the cheapest you can get is going to be two two eighty, two ninety, uh, even for for a townhome. Uh, a lot of people perceive, and this is a, a related topic, not necessarily exactly the same topic, but that Santa Clara is landlocked, that it can't grow. But that's not true, is it? I mean, you've got room. Well, we have we we can say that we are landlocked. Um, Santa Clara borders St. George on the on the east and on the south, and Ivan's on the north, mm-hmm. and BLM on the west. So, what the private property around in Santa Clara now is is all the private property that we have. The city okay. annexed fifteen hundred acres of BLM property on the west side of the city about twenty years ago. But the BLM has been very hesitant to release any of that property for private development or land sale. Um, And the 1,500 acres has been reduced about 1,600 acres with um, areas of critical environmental concern basically for endangered plants. Hmm. So even what we thought we might be able to develop someday has been reduced because of the endangered species that are out there. And now it's become a recreation mecca, uh, the South Hills and mountain bike trails and and everything that's going on out there to where I, I don't know how much of that will ever be available for develop. So oh, okay. so Santa Clara truly may be landlocked. We may be in an infill-type development situation fairly quickly uh, because of the, the raw ground, the undeveloped property left in the city. Uh, we have farms scattered throughout the valley and and they seem to be being picked off one by one um for development yeah and we have the the uh, property north and east of Harmons um that now is it's zoned basically planned development for the black desert uh, resort that's um being developed in Ivans and spills into Santa Clara uh, with some housing and and some open space out there and so we are landlocked. The parcels, uh, hmm. you know, left undeveloped in the city are are becoming fewer and fewer, and uh, we're starting to do more infill type development. And the as we meet as a city council and talk about our long term plans, we can see that build out scenario um, in the not too distant future in Santa Clara. Wow! Wow! Uh, to where the entire city would be in a, a redevelopment type hmm. phase. If you are seeing new development, it would be you know, purchasing a, a property that has a home on it and maybe tearing that down and replacing it with 
with something else. And so it's kind of a different a different scenario on our long-term planning in Santa Clara than some of the other communities that have large land expanse to the south or you know, to the east like Hurricane Bell. Yeah. We don't have that in Santa Clara. Let's take a, a couple of calls if that's okay, Rick. Sure. All right, caller, you're on with Andy. We've got about five minutes left. Uh, what's on your mind? I just, yeah, I, there's nothing wrong with leaving land. Leave it, I mean, to just fill it up with uh, just because you can. I mean, that's what draws people here and makes it such a great place is these open spaces yeah. just so you can even go for a drive. You know, all the mountain bike trails, that should be, stuff should be left. Let it be landlocked because you can't fit the traffic in and out of here anyway to overdevelop it with just... You know, you see it when the I-15 corridor closes down. The traffic that comes through Santa Clara is just a sign of things to come if you don't leave some open spaces. And also, I wish we'd stop calling this a pandemic. Um, It's a virus, and it's probably a manufactured virus, but it's far from a pandemic. And to destroy the immune systems of our children, the future, they're... It's unbelievable that we are doing the things we're doing to, to act like we're saving lives when we're destroying it. It's like your house is on fire. Move the children into the room with all the smoke so they don't get burned. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, I appreciate so I just think we need to open our hearts a little bit and understand what, what is, you know, it's the future. It's, it's not the now. It, you know, it's a, these kids need to not be mentally and physically destroyed over a pandemic that is less than the average flu. And I know it's there. I mean, I understand that, but it's just absurd that people driving in their cars alone with a mask on. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Hey, mayor, let me get, let me get your thoughts on a couple of things he said. First of all, uh, the wide open spaces part. I mean, how important is that for a city like yours to uh, have a little room to breathe? Oh, I think it's really important. Um, we've got the city owns a, a large parcel of property out in the lava that kind of separates Santa Clara from St. George mm-hmm. near the Entrada. That is permanent open space. We don't anticipate that being developed. We've been fairly proactive in obtaining, you know, sensitive areas like hillsides and you know the river floodplains, so that we can keep those in uh, open and not not disturb those type of areas. I think council's moving on the you know the South Hills to less development out there and more open space type recreation type development. We we're not planning on major utility expansion or road expansion in the South Hills other than the Western Corridor, which is a regional roadway to kind of finish the belt loop around the metro area with St. George and, and Washington. And so the, we're trying to preserve what we can. Um, we do have, you know, private property right issues that, that come into play, but the development out there is quite a bit less dense than than some of the other communities. It always has been, and the general plan allows for that. We want to encourage the, the remaining farms to stay in an ag base, but it's hard to, um, without, you know, raising taxes, to be able to facilitate purchase of that property and then trying to find some way to operate a a farm um, in this day and age is a yeah. little bit difficult. We are, you know, we're negotiating right now with, um, you know, possibly keeping some of the uh, 
the orchard um, in the downtown as a, a legacy-type project and a historic farm-type project. And uh, I'm very excited to be able to, if we can pull that off, but we'll see. Again, you'll have the the private property right, and if he can make more money developing it than, than working with the city on something, then, you know, it'd probably go that other way. But uh, we want to keep it, uh, you know, traffic yeah. in the downtown. We don't control a lot of that. Old Highway 91 is Santa Clara Drive, and it's the... It's the detour route when something happens in the gorge and yeah, that's right. comes out of Santa Clara. We we've it's been that way since before I fifteen was built and so we get to deal with that when it happens and and a couple of weeks ago when it the gorge was closed, the traffic in the downtown was was extreme. We do have an alternate route that goes Pioneer Parkway across the lava to Snow Canyon Parkway in Saint George and and we try and distribute that I fifteen traffic on both of those routes to minimize the impact in the downtown. The streetscape project in the downtown was designed specifically to calm the traffic in the downtown so that we didn't get the highway. It's more of a the tree-lined street than it is a state highway now. Yeah, it's beautiful. It was done on purpose. We did that on purpose to try and, you know, maintain the feel of the downtown, and, and we fight hard to try and preserve that. Mayor, I got to cut you off here. We're down to the final ten seconds. Thank you so much for coming on today, and uh, we learned a little bit more. Sad Swiss days, as we know, it is not going to happen, but it, we're still going to celebrate in our own way. That's right. That's Thank right. you, Mayor. We still want to celebrate. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, Andy. All right. See you later.